This episode of the Brewed Up Podcast is brought to you by The Grainfather. The Grainfather allows you to monitor your brew day, set mash temperatures, and control heating power all from the Grainfather community app on your phone. No need for propane or hot plates. Just plug in and start brewing. We hope you enjoy this episode. Support for Brewed Up comes from Simi Valley Homebrew Shop. Simi Valley Homebrew Shop is located in Simi Valley, California, and is one of the only homebrew shops in the Ventura County. Open seven days a week, the shop is packed with everything you need to make your own beer, wine, cider, cheese, and more. Simi Valley Homebrew Shop also offers shipping nationwide. Visit simivalleyhomebrew.com to browse all available items and to place a pickup order for all recipes and equipment. Thank you for tuning into Brewed Up, a podcast where two LA-based female homebrewers chat, laugh, and learn about craft beer, homebrewing, and whatever else comes to mind. Tyler and Laura both have brewed many styles of beer, cider, and meat and are always up for experimenting. This show is available to listen and follow on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor.fm, HopDelay.com, and wherever else you'd like to listen. Now, here's the show. everyone so this week we have gary from hop la on our podcast it was a great interview um as you guys know hop la is you know our guide to craft beer in los angeles and los angeles county uh, basically his website and just brand in general provides everything you need to know about la's breweries beers bars and all the neighborhoods to find them in um we had a great Great interview with him, had some cool beers, and um, we're actually happy to announce that we are now part of, or officially part of the Hopped LA family. So more to come with Brewed Up in conjunction with Hopped LA. Um, Gary, thanks for welcoming us with open arms. We love you, and uh, we're stoked to be on on the squad. Alrighty, welcome to Brewed Up, your favorite new beer and brewing pod, hosted by yours truly, Tyler and Lori. By the time this episode will release, it'll actually be 2021, so happy new year, everyone. And, uh, <laughs> hopefully this one will be a lot better than the last. Let's hope, hope for the best. Um, so this episode, we have Gary from Hop Delay. Welcome, Gary. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Thanks for coming on. Thanks yeah. for spending your evening with us tonight. Um, so, Gary, I don't want to get this wrong, but so you're the founder of Hop Delay, and is there, there's a second person, right? So I started it uh, with my brother and did that for several years, and he's no longer a part of it. So I'm kind of managing operations, but there's uh, several contributors that you know, hang out with me and uh, create some cool beer content. So 
It's not just myself anymore. Okay, that's cool. How would you, what would you describe like the overall objective or mission of Hopdele? Yeah, so I mean, really everything we do is focused on helping people discover awesome craft beer in the LA and Southern California area. Um, A big piece of what we did and how we started was around beer events, going to tap takeovers and new beer releases and things like that. This year has been an incredible challenge to figure out like, how do we continue to push forward that mission without, you know, really exciting on-site gatherings? Um, And so, yeah, I think that we're still continuing to uh, figure that out. But yeah, when it comes down to it, it was, you know, LA was a little bit behind San Diego. And I thought that there was an opportunity for people to understand, you know, that there was really great beer being brewed right here in the city. Um, They were getting up on Stone and Golden Road back in the day. And they weren't realizing that like right around the corner from them might be like a neighborhood brewery, a small little place that was pumping out some cool stuff. So really the mission is all about getting people excited about like the small stuff, the local independent places that are passionate about beer and then um, tapping into how people get excited about that and getting them to bring their friends and all that stuff, you know? You just, so you just answered like five of our questions, but that's okay. okay. Yeah, we'll you, <laughs> slow down a little bit, sir. I'm passionate about the passion <laughs> of beer. No, that's awesome. I yeah. wanted to ask, um, so what is your background? Are you from LA? Are you from the LA area originally? Yeah, born and raised in the San Fernando Valley. So Valley boy, that's right. (laughs) Are you from the Valley too? No, I'm I'm a total fraud. I've lived here (laughs) since, (laughs) I lived here after, I moved here after I graduated from college, but I I grew up in the Inland Empire. So I'm used to the heat. I'm used to the heat. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a different style, but it's a, yeah, it's close enough. So a different style. That's the way to put it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah uh, I'm yeah, born and raised in the Valley. And then I moved to San Diego to go to school, um, to go to college and was down there for a little bit afterwards, just discovering all the breweries. And um, I had a, a website down there that was more focused on like the happy hour side of things. And so I started discovering mm-hmm. breweries through that. And then when I moved back up here, I was like, well, man, I'm just like, I need to find the breweries. Where are they? And I was discovering them on my own. And I figured might as well like put them online in some way and start kind of talking about it and sharing the knowledge. So yeah, that's kind of how it started. A man with a mission. (laughs) Somehow, (laughs) some way it happened. Yeah. Yeah. Gary's website (laughs) is like the Yelp of LA breweries and which I appreciate because it's like very concentrated and it's put, it's not like you can go to, like you can go to Yelp, whatever, fuck it. But the way it's curated is more like someone who really cares about drinking in LA, drinking beer in LA, put this together. When you, like you, so you're saying it was like a carryover from kind of a happy hour guide or. Well, they're, they're definitely like separate and distinct. Like I ended that before starting this uh, mm-hmm. for a while. So it wasn't a carryover, but it's in my blood. You know, that's kind of the point is like I work in online marketing and digital marketing and ah. I build websites and things like that. So it's just a natural carryover. I was just like, 
man, where are all the breweries? Let's put them online somewhere. I'm hunting them down through, I was using Yelp. I was using a bunch of different, uh, you know, Google to find it out. And, um, yeah, I just figured it should be in one place for people that didn't want to do the work that I was doing, you know? That makes, now that you say that, it makes sense because if you go to the HopDelay website, there is this really awesome map that just has all the breweries um, and kind of, it's just like a comprehensive list and map that go together. It's like alphabetical order of all the breweries and like a little description of each. So it's great. I mean, did you put that all together by yourself or I guess you probably with your brother, but or by yourself. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, so I worked on it with him. Um, I'm not personally like a coder tech guy. So I work with someone um, that I work with on all my client work. Like my day job is working on all this stuff. So someone on my team that I work with um, helped me put that together. Actually, by the time this airs, there will be a brand new version of the website out that we've been working on for about a year. And same concept. It'll have a lot of the same kind of approaches, the map and all that, but we're introducing a lot of new features to help people, you know, navigate this whole thing. Cause when we built it, there were probably 60 breweries, something like that when we built that website and there's a whole lot more now. And so we're trying to figure out like, how do you slice and dice it in a way that is manageable because those lists get pretty long. Yeah. It, it literally is a database like for lack of a different way to describe it. <laughs> yeah. Gary, how, what kind of got, I mean, you said uh, college San Diego, I can put, read the line. I get it. Um, mm -hmm. But like what got you into beer? Cause that's kind of different when, when you're a college kid, you're not just necessarily drinking beer. Like where did that happen? Natty ice, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I had my fair share of those days for sure at San Diego state. It was uh yeah, the cheapest beer possible, as much of it as possible. Um, I worked at BJ's all throughout college, so BJ's Brewhouse. Um, and so that kind of was a little bit of an introduction for me to get into some more handcrafted stuff. And then, um, yeah, being in San Diego, we had Stone, we had Green Flash, were some early ones. Sierra Nevada Pale Ale was obviously like, a really accessible beer um, back then still. And it was a, you know, huge gateway for me as much as well as many other people. So it just kind of was one of those things. And a lot of it back then is driven by ABV. You know, you're the fact that you're going to be able to drink a beer at 6% versus one that's at five or four or something smaller. Uh, back then you want like bang for your buck. And so if I can pay a couple dollars more to get like a Carl Strauss red trolley, I was all about it back then. So, you know, that I, you know, that's how a lot of kids are back then. And that's how I was. So it kind of got me into it. And it wasn't until the happy hour website where I was getting invites to like ballast points anniversary and Carl Strauss, you know, their events and things like that. And really kind of seeing how it was all made. I started developing a deeper and deeper passion going forward from there. Um, and so that was probably, uh, 2008-ish. So San Diego was kind of the hub for craft beer on the West Coast back then. And it was a fun time to be a part of that. And so when I moved back up to LA in 2012, it was a lot quieter. And, but it, you know, you had to dig to find these places, but they were starting to open up back then in 2012. And, 
you know, seeing places like Strand and El Segundo Brewing, Eagle Rock Brewing, places like that around, um, and some of the beer bars that were have been around for a while, Father's Office and Tony's Darts Away and things like that. Um, yeah, you had to find them, you had to seek them out, but they were there, and I was excited about finding more of them. That's what drove it all. You definitely it was were awesome. Like an influencer of sorts, <laughs> I think, even before, like, were you utilizing social media? I mean, the way I know about you is through social media. Uh, and then once right. I went to your website, I was like, holy cow, that's amazing. Uh, were you utilizing social media platforms at that time? Let me yeah, I mean, social know. media was just like, that's <laughs> kind of what I do for work. So mm-hmm. it just made a lot of sense. So the idea for Hopped LA really initiated as an email newsletter. And that was all it was going to be was every week I was going to send like a cool new spot to check out. And it was going to be like a subscription based newsletter. Got it. Um, And I started it that way, just kind of like getting people to subscribe. And I just never did anything with it. So then one day I was like, screw it, I'm going to start an Instagram. And I started the Instagram and it just kind of went from there. I got the website and it just kind of built up all from there. So really wasn't like, me trying to be like what we know as an influencer. I don't think like that term really existed back then, Mm -hmm. but, um, you know, in a way, like philosophically, like, yeah. And, and I, what I try to do now is I try to like, my goal is to find people like myself back then that have like this, like early, um, passion for craft beer and kind of fan that flame a little bit to help give them information, help give them resources. Like I'm giving people beer, I'm giving people, you know, as much as I can to get them really excited just for the fact that they can tell their friends about it. Like that's what it's all about is like the micro influencer of like your group of friends, like the beer guy in a group of friends. Like I want to empower that guy so that all his buddies are like, yo dude, what, what uh tap room are we hitting up this weekend? Like, I want that guy to be like, this new one opened up. I just found out about it. It's supposed to be really cool. Like, that's what it's all about for me. Like, that's that moment of serendipity that, like, I want to keep trying to hit that over and over again because that's how craft beer grows is through that word of mouth, through, like, groups of friends. That's that's incredible. I think that's, uh, you know, obviously our question would be or was going to be, you know, what what really drives you to – there's so much work, you know, obviously that you're putting into Hop LA, you know, it, us just doing this podcast, I'm realizing how much work it is just to, you know, put something out mm-hmm. and you do a ton of work on it. And so, you know, kudos to you and, um, your drive it. That's really cool. I mean, there is so much to enjoy about craft beer, you know, the people, the environment, the taste obviously is a lot better. Um, so speaking about taste, this is a beer podcast and you're the king of beer. So we got to know what you're drinking. Oh yeah. I no. thought you'd never, <laughs> <laughs> I've been holding off on opening this up. Ooh. Um, so I have a can of pills of creation. It's a hoppy Pilsner from Eureka Brewing Company. And I just picked this up the other day. These guys just opened like a week ago and okay. they're in South Bay. They're in Gardena. And I'm really excited to try it. So I'm going to crack this open right now. Crack that bad boy open. And then I'll pass it to you guys. What are you guys drinking? Lori? Whale. I'm drinking a whale. 
Well, well, well. Allagash World on a String. It's a strong ale brewed with orange peel and aged in bourbon barrels. And it's 9. Fancy. So, night night, everybody. <laughs> um, Ooh, I picked up that, Gary. Oh, yeah, that's crispy boy. Oh, yeah. That's a nice glass, too. I like that classic, like, English pint. Um, I'm drinking Snuggle Bug from Smog City. <laughs> Hella fancy American style sour blonde ale made with raspberry and boysenberries. Sorry. It said as bottle conditioned with wild yeast and bacteria, which, you know, I'm obsessed with. Um, yeah, it's really fantastic. Great color, nice tart uh, sourness, and it's just fucking good. I don't know. I love it. Nice. Cheers. Yes. Cheers. cheers. Big step up from Natty Light. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, would you call yourself a craft beer connoisseur? Um, you know, I don't think that I think that there's a lot of people that drink a lot more beer and a lot more different types of beer than I do. Um, you know, it started in Early on, it was about like drinking a lot of beer. And these days, I'm a little bit older now. I'm not trying to drink all the time. And so I really kind of limit it. But I do try to celebrate local as much as possible. So when, you know, some of my friends are kind of um, showing off the hype beers that they're getting and trading for and stuff from across the country, you know, I just am like, that sounds cool, but. I don't have any interest in doing that because there's so much cool stuff going on here that my mind just like doesn't have the room for it. So I'd say LA beer connoisseur, but like not like a generic beer connoisseur. I'm like, definitely not there. I don't drink enough at all. That's cool. I feel like I'm in the same mindset. You know, I'm, I'm really not interested in, I mean, you're right there. I mean, even just in the Valley, I'm like, ah, I'd rather just go to McLeod and, have a nice good beer, you know. <laughs> well, McLeod's fucking amazing. So I know, but there's so many. There's so many more breweries I need to go to. Just in LA, I know I'm I'm slacking. Yeah. <laughs> Gary, I feel like I feel like there should be a special name because I I did use the word influencer before, which is like kind of thrown around and maybe reappropriated in different ways. I feel like you're. I don't know connoisseur because you sample a lot i would say like maybe curator or mm, that's a good uh, one local expert i don't know we have to come up with a really great way to describe champion, champion. <laughs> i mean i kind of just tend to think of myself as a beer enthusiast um just like anybody else like i don't think that like i'm really any different than a lot of other people that like craft beer I just tend to talk about it a little bit more publicly. And um, yeah, I mean, I just try to showcase all the people making it. That's the biggest thing to me. So, and, and serving it too. But um, yeah, I'd just say enthusiast in my opinion. Uh, is Hop to LA like your, your number one source of income? Is this your number one thing? Uh, no, I, I was about to say, I wish it was, but I kind of don't just because I don't really, I think like, you know, when people take like what they're passionate about and they make it like 
their source of income and like what they rely on, it like starts to kind of change that a little bit. And uh, I don't think I really want that. But no, there's not enough money in beer and beer media to really make this a full-time thing, especially hyper-locally. So there's some media companies that are kind of like Hop LA, but maybe like nationwide or just cover a bigger geographic area. The fact that we've chosen to just like hone in on LA only really limits like what we're able to do. And then in the uh, COVID-19 coronavirus era where the entire industry is suffering, I've kind of been like, how do I just give back? And I'm not trying to make this like, um, you know, you've got to pay me to do this or that. So, I mean, everyone's got to like, everyone's got to, got to make money and kind of put stuff into it. But in the end, this industry is suffering right now. And so all of the plans and things that we had in the works that were like monetization are a little bit on hold or just kind of scaled back right now until we can help this industry uh, get past where we're currently at. Yeah, I was going to ask, um, you know, how Hop LA has been functioning during this time. I think I'm curious to know from your perspective, because you do t- keep tabs on, you know, all the breweries. What have you noticed in terms of breweries closing, new ones opening? Is that like, what's that fluctuation like? Is it is it dramatic or is it? I don't know, guys, what's your observations? Yeah, so I think early on we were kind of like expecting the worst. And so I'd say that at this point in time, at the end of 2020, that we've seen less places closed and more places open than we expected at the onset of all of this. So I think that's a win in my book, but we are in a very interesting moment right now that... I think is kind of what everyone was um, dreading, you know, this, this moment that we're in right now. And, you know, we're going to continue to see closures um, as we go into early 2021. But yeah, I mean, we've seen closures and we've seen a few openings too, which is really interesting. Yeah. I mean, you just said the beer that you have right now is from a, a new brewery, Eureka. Yeah. So, and you know, I've been to a couple of breweries that have, open during the pandemic and they're just like you know we had to rethink our entire strategy like we got distribution canning etc so is that kind of the what eureka is doing right now they're just fully just distro and packaging to go yeah i mean they're just yeah everything that they've put out right now is in cans um they're going to be doing some very small batch stuff that you can get in crawlers. Um, I know that they're going to start pushing, you know, some sales to, uh, retail, but as of this moment, they're like two weeks in maybe. So, um, it's been pretty limited. Rough. Uh, yeah. I mean, for them, I think it's, they're an interesting one because they, you know, some of the ones that have opened earlier in this pandemic were breweries that like, we're in planning from before it all happened Mm -hmm. and have kind of been forced to be like, all right, we can't stay shut down for this much longer. Like party beer company is, is one that comes to mind and paperback in Glendale 
Um, yeah, yeah those I was going to say paperback like, and uh, Seva City at Del Pueblo. I don't say that so wrong, but yes. they also open like the day of shutdown, which right. is so terrible. Yeah. So th- these those were operations that were like in motion already and were going to open no matter what. And they just had to do what they had to do. Yeah. Um, Eureka. And I don't know exactly what their timeline is, but they're opening later on in this pandemic. They're opening up in a turnkey space that had a brew house installed that was already built out. So they had to do very little to the existing space. Um, And so that's one of those situations where I think that they may have seen, you know, drops in commercial rent. And maybe this is an opportunity to start up at a moment where, um, you know, prices may be lower and they can just kind of weather the storm. Yeah. I don't know that for sure, but that kind of makes sense to me when you're getting, getting into a turnkey space and just I can just flip like on the lights, the you know, previous breweries on the tip of my tongue, but I can't think of what it was. Uh, Zimix. That's it. Oh, Zimix. Okay. I, right before the pandemic where they had, were closing. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. It was like January, February, yeah. Wow, was so crazy because I heard it was closing, but I was like, I have never heard of this brewery. <laughs> I mean, there's so many. Have you been to Party Beer yet? That's in my neighborhood, but I still haven't. Not my almost close-ish, but I haven't gone yet. What's it like? Um, yeah, I was there like kind of right before they opened and got a taste of like their opening lineup. And... I I tend to kind of like try to reserve judgment as much as possible on like the a brewery's like first run of beers or like the first like six months even. Um, but they're pretty solid. They have the former brewmaster of Eagle Rock Brewery there. Um, so oh. Lee, yeah, Lee's there and and he's running the beer program. That brewery is an interesting one because that is a on-site hospitality experiential venue first and foremost. And the beer is, I don't want to say secondary, but it's kind of secondary to like the experiential element to it. They're hospitality guys, the guys that own it. And so it's a full bar, like mixer type of thing, like really craft, uh, fun, whimsical. What's that? Restaurant? Um, they're planning on eventually having food in the space, but they own like a food truck and they're friends with a lot of people in like the food industry. So, um, they're owners of the bar in Highland park called block party. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that place, but, um, it's like a beer garden in Highland park that is like a fun, whimsical, like very craft beverage, uh, experiential place. And that's what party beer company is. So, I don't expect it to be like a beer forward experience, um, but I'm looking forward to trying their beer again because like, I think it was solid at the onset, but it wasn't like you're going to, you're going to seek this place out for the beer. I think it could eventually be that, but, um, but yeah, it's, it's more, they're supposed to have like a mini golf experience in the tap in like the outdoor tap room. Yeah. It's kind of like, I don't want to say gimmicky, but like it's, it's for people that want to experience that, element of hospitality experience and not it's, like the beard snob connoisseur type of person you know i feel like it's like russian yeah more in person it's like cute date night like let's go to party beer you know yeah yeah, yeah. Younger friend group going idea. out yeah 
like going out yeah, and drinking on the be- patio is like a really cute, sweet LA thing to do. And mm-hmm. I feel like LA was really hitting a stride where like last summer, I, I mean, I'm in my forties. I've lived in LA for a long time. Like last summer I went to so many more breweries than I ever have. And I don't know if it was because they were offering that kind of thing where you can go in and it's cute and you're outside and the beer's good, but that kind of sucks that that was a huge element of their business plan. We'd like to thank Simi Valley Homebrew Shop for sponsoring our podcast. This shop undoubtedly has the freshest ingredients available for homebrewers, cider, wine, and cheese makers. Pick from dozens of yeast, hops, and grains to make your perfect recipe. Also available is all the equipment you need from brew kettles, fermenters, brewzilla systems, and more. Be sure to follow on Instagram at Simi Homebrew and visit the store in person located at the Simi Town Center Mall, conveniently located right off the 118 freeway. How would you say, so how would you say the LA craft beer scene compares to San Diego like today? Obviously back then it was, but is it is it catching up? Um, I'd say that I'm far enough removed from the San Diego scene to like not really be able to, I'm like removed from San Diego and I'm so deep in LA that it's hard for me to like really give a good, uh, answer to that. But I mean, in terms of just like quantity and, um, I think when I think about quantity, I think about like the distribution spread geographically. And I think that we're catching up there, like party beer company, for example, in West Adams, like this is a, a craft beer establishment in an area that didn't really have many options. And so when we're seeing kind of like that movement east where we have places in Montclair and San Dimas and Covina and all these places out there. And we're seeing the spread like a little further south. Um, yeah, I mean, Whittier is just it's that they had craft beer going early on, but like that's continued to evolve. So um, I'd say that like that we are catching up in that respect. And I'd also say that we're catching up in terms of quality too, because I think I think you do have to look at it in those two ways, like quantity, just number of places to get it and where it's available. And then quality, like places that are really standing out where you can get something world-class um, here in LA County. And yeah, I mean, it's a it's, we're officially a beer destination. Uh, beer tourism in LA is a thing. A big portion of the people that find Hopped LA find it from, you know, planning beer trips and coming into LAX and figuring out, um, you know, where do we stay? Where are we going to go? And that's why, you know, the site, the our website is, is organized the way that it is. When you go to um, the site, it's organized into these regions because, LA is a commuter town and it really depends on like where you're going to be is going to figure out like what places you're going to go to. And for someone that lives in LA, they might be like, all right, I don't need to see this big map with all these places. Like I know I'm going to be going downtown, but for someone that doesn't know LA, like that was who we built it for. We built it so someone could like understand the geography of our County and understand the concentrations of beer establishments in here. And so people were thinking, I mean, Torrance early on was like the Mecca for craft beer in Los Angeles. And in 
I mean, while it still is, it is no longer the only Mecca. I, I would say Long Beach has surpassed Torrance yes. um, over the past few years. So that's kind of, I think, a testament to how um, the L.A. beer scene has evolved. It's really cool to see. I was going to ask, which region between the Valley, that's where I live, and South L.A., that's where Lori lives, which one's, which one's the best? Which one's the best? I want to know. <laughs> uh, I would say uh, I mean I, I think South LA would have to win just because of uh, the central location to all of the other areas but South LA is uh, is a pretty rough place if you want something local there you don't really have a lot of options in South yeah, LA we're right next to LA there's not a lot and maybe <laughs> you can answer this Gary there's not a lot of good breweries in LA there's not a lot of breweries in LA proper. And I think that has to do with rent. Is that yeah. safe to say? I'd say so, that's a big, big piece. Yeah. What I'm hearing is the Valley is better breweries. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Gary's <laughs> well, we <can> <laughs> website and start. I'll tell you, I think like two of my favorite breweries are in the Valley, but Gary, you Ooh. mentioned red trolley, which so good. What are you, what mm-hmm. were like your gateway craft beer? We love to ask this. And then I'm yeah. going to ask like a billion more questions after that. So get ready. <laughs> gateway. <laughs> uh, I love talking about my gateway beer um, because it's like talking about like my first car, you know, like my old love. Um, Hophead Red by Green Flash Brewing. That was like the beer that I just like, I used to preach that beer to everyone because um, when you talk about gateway, there was a lot of different gateways in. Like I was saying, Sierra Nevada Pale Ale was one of those. Um, New Belgium, uh, Fat Tire, Stone IPA. Uh, I worked at BJ, so Jeremiah Red was a big one for us. So like, I really liked the um, really aggressive malt flavors that came with Jeremiah Red from BJ's. And then I was also a hophead. I was a burgeoning hophead. So this beer, Hophead Red by Green Flash, had like the best of both worlds. It was super malty and like had like a really nice kind of caramelly sweetness, but was like aggressively bitter, was like big West Coast pine uh, hop, crazy hop aggressiveness. So um, that was like something that I had never experienced and I used to love to talk about it and I love to reminisce about it to this day because they no longer make it. That's like a perfect beer, a hoppy red. That's how yeah. I feel. Look at Tyler. She's like, mm. no, no, I, no, I, I need to have more of those. I, I see them all over the place. I don't see them. I don't really, I can't even think of like a hoppy red that I could get right now. Really? I think like Smog City has one, right? Um, yeah, yeah, right. LA Works has one. Yeah, you're right. Ooh, look, look at us. Wow. Better than you. Um, okay. So like IPA, IPA, hazy, hazy, IPA. Let's, we don't like those. So like, tell us more about beer trends. What do you see happening? Obviously, outside of and it, I'm yeah. going to say it like Eureka opened. I saw four, um, very hop forward looking beers. And I was like, mm-hmm. I'm just going to wait, wait on that. Cause that's just not my thing. Well, what, tell us what you think. Well, I just had the Hoppy Pilsner and um, it's so I was expecting something that was like 
this is a IPA style Pilsner, you know, like the, the very West coast Pilsner is kind of like what people are calling it or Cali pills. Mm-hmm. Um, now, so it's hopped with, uh, Tentanger and Saffir Noble. and, um, it had like a really nice, it, it didn't have like that West coast feel to it. It had like a nice bitterness. It had like a little earthy herbalness to it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, you know, I think there's a little something there to like, that was a little surprising to me, which was nice. Um, yeah, not with those hops. You're not going to yeah, get a West Coasty. Bohemian. I like that. But yeah. it, it's a hoppy pilsner. Is it, did it did say I West Coast? Or no, but I, I tend to assume these days when I see hoppy pilsner <laughs> and I see like, like you were saying, Lori, like um, when you see, West Coast, Hazy, and they had one called like Hoppy Ale or something like that. I was expecting like a West Coast style Hoppy Pills. And this was nice. Like it was like a nice uh, German style. I don't know. It had like a nice kind of subdued. I think that was a mellow. marketing ploy to get like um, Haze Bros to try. <laughs> like, do you think that's like a very classic Pilsner? What your taste? Oh, this one? Yeah. This, um, I mean, well, I'd say like, it's a little a bit more hop forward, but with like Pilsner experts. I'm not gonna, <laughs> I'm not gonna dance. I'd around. say it's a little bit more hop forward version of a of a Pilsner that has kind of more of a classic style recipe, like a German style recipe. Nice. But it was definitely like the hops were dominant in it. So I don't want to say it wasn't a hoppy Pils, mm-hmm. but it wasn't like the West Coast. Like I wasn't getting you know, a lot of citrus. I wasn't getting a lot of tropical fruit. Like, so sea hops, those sea hops. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You know, God, I was so, going to say that sounds like a, a German Pilsner. So maybe it's just like a super aggressive version of a drink. Cause a German Pilsner is pretty hoppy. I mean, maybe they want more people to try it. So they'll throw the word hoppy on there. Yeah. I mean, I honestly think that that's the biggest lever that breweries have right now, because you can call a beer almost anything you want. Their style guidelines are like, they're like thrown out the window these days. It's ridiculous to try and understand what a beer is by what they're calling it. Um, And so that's a lever that breweries are pulling day in and day out to try and get people to buy beer. So I wouldn't be surprised if calling something a hoppy Pilsner that felt that, you know, like I was saying, like I got confused. I thought it was going to be something that it totally wasn't. And I'm probably not the only person. And Helpful. when we get, don't even get me started on hazy IPA because like, that's like, that's, that's it. That's like the entire conversation is like, what is this hazy IPA going to be today? That's so funny. You don't want to have that conversation right now. <laughs> So here I have a hazy from Monkish. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> would you see any um, emerging, emerging? I feel like we got a lot of crispies this summer. Like this was such a summer of crispy. I was in heaven. A lot of them were aggressively hopped. Um, do you see any trends, any other trends that kind of, I know it's sours. What else would you say in LA maybe? Yeah, I mean, right now, like, the dominant conversation is around hazy, and it's around this, like, pastry, sour thing, slushy, like, whatever, like, fruited sour 
thing is going on right now. Um, the, and, the can the can bombs, right? The bombs. Right, right. <laughs> it's like it can be anything from like sour IPA to pastry sour to fruited sour to tart whatever tart ale like you're just there's no word for them because everyone's calling them everything and they're all terrible in my opinion um yeah they're they're just really bad so um those are the two trends that are dominant right now and it's it kind of sucks because like it dominates the conversation and distracts from other really good styles that are being put out there i do think hoppy pilsner hoppy lager is a really as a smaller version on a smaller scale that is trending up the fact that we're seeing it on this brand new brewery is a thing that i think places like highland park can get a little bit of credit for here in los angeles by really championing the hoppy lager and um i'd say that's probably the biggest trend that i'm seeing right now is like that but it's still so so much smaller in comparison to hazy and the fruited sour craze come on la we listen people we need to kind of rally what would you like to see angelino's drinking like, what would you like to go up and what kind of beers do you prefer or would you like to see i mean it evolves so i mean i get the fact that like everyone has their own palate and their own taste like what you would pick out and tyler what you would pick out is different than what i I'm going to pick out most days. So, and then what I'm picking out these days, what I'm gravitating towards changes in the next three months anyways. So I don't know, like I'm kind of just like more for experimentation and having conversations because I'd like to hear more about what you guys are drinking and what you're gravitating towards, because that's going to inspire me to be like, Oh, I either haven't had that, that type of beer in a while, or I've never had that, or I really don't like that, but I need to give it another try. Uh, I mean, I'm a hophead still. So um, right now, West Coast IPA is like back to dominating my fridge and what I'm kind of reaching for um, on the times where I'm not like making content. That's kind of right now is like the the dividing line. Like, am I making content and like, am I drinking a beer like for a reason or do I just drink a beer because I want it? And yeah. usually that's a West Coast IPA these days. I mean, hey, it's a classic like... A it's a classic for a reason, you know? Right. And that's so funny that you say that too. Drinking because you want to like try something or drinking for content. Cause that's definitely a new experience for like me or I maybe Lori too is having to go buy beer to, for this, po- like even just today, I was like, Oh God, what do I buy to, for this interview with Gary from Hop LA? You know? So I went to the store and it's never, I think one of our past interviews, I went to, um, you know, the place, uh, Bottle Shop, mm-hmm. and dropped like $60 on hype beer. I'm like, I don't even have this in my budget. You know? <laughs> so I can't imagine. I mean, actually, here's a question. Do you get like a shit ton of free beer? Um, <laughs> I don't buy beer that often. And That's awesome. Nice. I mean, it's good and it's bad. And it's just that like that beer kind of comes and maybe I don't want that beer, but I get it. And I feel like I have a duty to like, um, to give back, you know, like these breweries said like, Hey, we want you to have this. And I want to, um, reciprocate that with some kind of conversation around the beers that they send. 
And I recently started like a Friday night live stream tasting thing on Instagram. And that was like, it was born out of that. It was born out of like, I have way too much beer here. I don't really want to create like this big, like produced edited segment uh, just for it. But it was like starting to pile up and I was, I need like an outlet for this. And so that was like a nice lightweight way for me to like give a showcase to a bunch of different beers. Um, And so when I, when I buy beer, it's like, I guess kind of like a special occasion, like it's for special beers. And I, I have one of them here. Um, this is a, a really special beer, Citra double IPA from Kern river brewing company. Kern river. Yeah. This is like, um, this is what I would call my favorite beer of all time. And it only comes out once a year. So I'm like really excited to have it. And I thought it was the perfect beer for this. What's that? Citra double IPA from Kern. Yep. All right. Brewed up exclusive. That's cool. I was. Gary's favorite (laughs) beer. Babe. But Cali. Um, I was in Kern with a few friends earlier this year. And we, our campsite was like literally half a mile from the brewery. So yes, it looks nice. Yeah. Old school, big West Coast double. Very nice. Yeah. Wait, it only comes out once a year. That's. Yeah. Wow. Every fall. Yeah. Is it all Citra? You... Uh, to my knowledge, it's all Citra. Yeah. Makes sense. Oh, wait, no. Citra Amarillo. Uh, Jake, take it back. Yep. <laughs> that's what I just, that's weird. I wonder why they only do it once a year. That's seems like a pretty uh, all around, you know, all year round beer to me, but. Okay, yeah, so um, you know your number one beer. Can you tell yeah. us, like, if you had two days off and no obligations and no one was like watching you, what LA brewery would you go to to get beer? Um, I mean, I, I'd say that I my top two are Highland Park and El Segundo, mm-hmm. those are my two favorites. Um, I really like Beechwood as well but it's a little further away. So yeah, you'd find me at, at one of those three for sure. Hot LA is staying on brand. <laughs> I like that. I love it. Actually. Have you ever brewed beer? <laughs> uh, yeah, I have a couple times. Um, you know, I've done kind of like the influencer collab thing a couple times where they'll like, get some pictures you yeah know. throw the dump the hops in when and i grain out and that's it um <laughs> i've homebrewed a couple times i've done like a couple homebrew classes like early on in my beer journey and uh and that's about it i haven't ever had the space to like feel like i want i really want to get into this because what i learned from my early homebrewing days was that I want to be able to have like a minimum amount of space equipment and like access to water and access to be able to like clean and cool and do all the things I needed to to do. Because when I did it previously, it was in small apartments where uh, it's easy to really screw up temperature and things like that. So sounds like it's not for you. <laughs> well, if I had a house or like I'm in an apartment, so if I had a house, I think I'd be way more into it. I mean, I'm an apartment, and I don't know if you saw my Instagram story, but 
literally I have grain bags of bear. It's it's actually ridiculous. Don't actually yeah. don't follow in my footsteps. Bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> um well that's cool. I mean, if you ever are interested again, we would love to do a hop LA homebrew yeah. collab. We'll with buy a bunch of hops and throw them in a thing and call it a day. <laughs> um uh, I did want to ask before we wrap up. So in terms of Hop Delay, like where do you see this brand going to? Like how do you see it growing in like, you know, a couple months, a year? Like where where do you want to see it in the future? Yeah, uh it's a good question because 2020 was a year that uh we had a lot of um plans for and it changed all of them. So I'm kind of like now I don't even want to make a plan, but, um, no, I mean right now and depending on what happens in the next few weeks, like when this comes out, I'm focusing more on, on like products. So like we, d- we've done merch in the past and so we're going to continue to do that and do like more of it. So like shirts and glasses and things like that, that, um, they're kind of trivial when it comes down to it, but when it, when you think about like our mission, like help people discover, help people share, like these are things that like, um, that we want to help people like show their love and, and express their appreciation for, for LA beer. So, um, yeah, that's like a big thing for what we want to do. And then actually getting beer into people's hands. And, um, that's another thing that I want to do. And I'm kind of navigating, like, how do we make that happen? Um, and there's some legalities around it and some logistical things around that. But, um, people that follow us, uh, we do like our weekly release radar, which is like a big thing for us right now, where we keep track of all the beer that's coming out, which is an insane amount of beer every single week. And we want to be able to like, not just tell you about it, but like, how do we like get that in your hand really, really easily? Um, and so we're dancing around some things around that and hopefully we'll have something coming out we're kind of testing some stuff out right now but uh, a box of beer on your doorstep of all the coolest la beers that were released in the last month uh is a thing that we're trying to make happen that's fucking awesome yes well gary thank you so much where can people find you what's what's your url and what's your instagram uh hop to la.com h-o-p-p-e-d-l-a.com um, and yeah, on Instagram, everywhere is hopped LA. Um, I'd say our email newsletter is the best place to keep up with what we're doing because we just curate everything to that. So, um, hoppedla.com slash subscribe, and that's going to get you on the email newsletter. Right. I actually just subscribed to that. Sweet. So. <laughs> Gary from hopped LA. Thank you so much. You are a a champion for Los Angeles craft brews. And we appreciate you. If you didn't already think that this show was LA centric, bing, we just made it. So with this guest, thank you so much for coming on and drinking tasty beers and giving us all the insider info. The tea. Can I, I have, can I have a final word? Of course. I have one final message that I want to put out because we talked about homebrew a little bit and I don't think that I really kind of got to the point that I really want to make. And the reason why I like following your podcast um, is because 
homebrewing beer is the best way to appreciate the beer that you drink from all of these brewers. Mm -hmm. So to me, like I've never brewed a beer that I actually liked um, or that that was worth drinking personally, but it got me closer to the to the process and got me to appreciate like what goes into it. And so I highly encourage like, I mean, if you're listening to this, you probably brew beer, but if you don't like, I am a big proponent of like home brewing and just figuring it out and honestly screwing up. Like, I think that's like the journey of a lot of home brewers is like making, screwing up somewhere along the way and like figuring it out. It's just, it's the best way to appreciate craft beer is to brew it yourself. And so I, I love the concept and I encourage anyone to do it. I love that. Gary coming full circle with the whole point of this podcast is like <laughs> evangelical on homebrew and screwing up and not taking yourself. <laughs> Thank you for which, identifying that. Yeah. Yeah. Which Lori and I, we screw up on homebrew all the time. And so do a lot of our homebrew friends. It is what it is. It's yeah, part of the process. And I've made a bunch of shitty beers. I've made like a couple good ones and you know, it's about the process and the end product. And yeah, you definitely appreciate a good craft beer after you know what these people go through every day to bring it to you. So, (laughs) all right, cool. I guess on that, we'll wrap it up. Gary, thanks again. And uh, until next time. Bye. Bye. Cheers. Thanks a lot. Thanks for listening and we hope you enjoyed this show. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at Root Up Podcast and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform so you never miss an episode. Brewed Up is a hopped LA podcast. The Brewed Up music is produced by LA legend producer Elusive.